Hello everyone and welcome to the Rackin' Tour Collection, a podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time, hosted by and centered around, some would say, the most dynamic duo, some would say, uh, ran out of steam there, some would say brothers, some would <laughs> some would say angels. <laughs> some, some might say everyone this is the raconteur collection <laughs> this is the raconteur collection i'm one of your hosts charlie joined by my co-host and brother jack jack how you doing this week i'm doing pretty good even though some might say we're brothers you are one of them who you, says usually i can keep going but i like my brain was like it's it's been it's been a bit of a funky day <laughs> it like gave so, me an error when i tried to say more I feel like there are days whenever my brain is like running on dial-up is what it feels like. Yeah. I'm trying to like formulate a thought and I'm like, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the dial-up sound comes You in. know what I always am worried about? Mm-hmm. And ever, for everyone who doesn't know, Racketeer Collection, show about everything and nothing, centered around two brothers, Jack and Charlie. That's us. We just introduced ourselves. But... And we're available on Spotify and YouTube and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. You can find us all there. Support us on Patreon, please. Support us on Patreon. All that fun stuff. This episode is going to be a great one. Remember, for all those who came from the past, no more chapters, no more books. (laughs) For all those who have come from the past. But, yeah, you know, I totally forgot what I was actually going. I interrupted you to say, but, uh, um, you know. Anyway, I'll let you go on with uh, your week, Jack. Um, yeah. So I was looking at the recording here, and so on my laptop, I had like the McAfee protection, and now it's run out, and I get ads oh, all the dude, time, and they scroll so up, bad. They scroll up so slowly. They're like, whoop. and there's like, you know, it's run out. There's like I'm four like, or five of them. Like every time I reset my computer, it's like, hey, just so you know, and I'm like, yep. Every minute, every five minutes, it's like, here's a new one, and there's like different big box comes up from the bottom, comes from the right comes from the, like it's so weird but uh the week was pretty good pretty easy week work week was not bad but getting to the weekend uh my fiance now went to her my nephew's fiance. baby shower and the car's brakes stopped working suddenly and then the engine wouldn't turn on uh so she was like stranded on i believe an off-ramp for like three four hours and these semi-trucks were exiting the ramp and like getting super close to her she was freaking out but finally, the tow truck gets there. Um, they take it to a Firestone, which is the only Firestone in that area that's closed on Sundays. All the rest are open, but she can't move it because it's locked inside. So just wait till tomorrow. So, you know, just a really good day and a good weekend all around. But things are fine. I'm I'm just glad that we have the money to actually pay for it. That's, that's I'm so thing. thankful that we. You know, I've been so fortunate to be able to actually do that. So it's fine. It's just a stressful situation. We do have the old war pony, our old Lancer, that's somehow still running. So she's kicking. But yeah, good weekend. Had the my brother Sam over last night, just kind of because, also for some entertainment for Ellie. Ellie loves Sam. So, and been playing some Call of Duty Vanguard. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. If anyone can make it, I will probably be streaming it tonight. So if you can make it, would love to have you. I mean, this is coming out 
what, Monday? I was streaming it in the morning of Tuesday. Tonight would be Sunday night. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyways, call tonight me. Tonight. How are you doing? Sunday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You go, Ellie, what's today? And she goes, I don't know. And she, she, she starts going, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> so this thing the whole day. The whole yeah, but time. I didn't know this. So I was like, Ellie, do you know what your birthday is? I was like, well, well, you know, when is it? I was like, well, my birthday is in September. And then she goes, September, October. And I started listing the months. And I was like, learn. The, okay. I didn't know. So she goes, she goes, learn in the months. What's next? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so cute, but yeah. Uh, my week's pretty good. Um, you know, gearing up for the new job starting tomorrow. So yes. be driving up there. Um, and yeah, you know, it was my last day at the store. I like my home store. I worked at, I've been there for a while. So it was a, it's the last day at my home. It was a little bittersweet, but to be honest with you guys, um, did anyone cry? No, but to be honest with you guys, I don't really have a and i don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing i've been kind of like trying to like analyze it i don't really have a lot of strong feelings either way like i'm sad that i'm leaving my store mainly because the people i work with are great right yeah for sure but then like yes i'm excited to start not really that worried not really like it's kind of just in this weird middle gray area for me and i'm like is it yeah good? yeah is it bad well it doesn't feel good or bad you know what i mean like it just feels like something different just like a change and so we kind of like dealing with that. And I'm like, am I avoiding it? Like, is it scaring me? And so I'm kind of like pushing it away. And like I'm like, subconsciously I'm like, kind I of. I don't think so. Like, to be honest, I mean, like, this is silly because I'm sure once I do it a couple of times, it'll be totally fine. But like, mm-hmm. just the longer drive is the thing I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, the studying or the job or the meeting new people, mm-hmm. that doesn't, none of that bothers me at all. Like, well, to be fair, like whenever you're having the drive, like so on one of my days for work, I got to drive all the way out to not all the way, but like Catoosa, Claremore, Pryor, Wagner. I got to do like a long route. And those routes are like really nice. It's like a 30 minute drive to my first store. And it's just early in the morning, taking it easy. No one's out on the highway. Yeah. Really relaxing. Got a podcast going. Mm, or the, see, the super mega cast or something. That's what I'm excited about is because I feel like I have my podcasts and my audiobooks are like stacking up with things I want to listen to. I don't have that problem. And I, I, I kind of want, I want to be like in a good middle ground. Like mm. when the, um, when Northern Lion did the NLSS, cause he doesn't do it anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, that was like a three hour long podcast. It would come out, you know, two or three times a week. No. And it doesn't come out anymore. And I'm like, man, I need to find more people to listen to. Because my, especially on YouTube, like my subscriber list has not grown in a long yeah. time. There's been a couple of additions for me, but overall, you know, what's funny is in talking about this right now, I realized why I interrupted you at the beginning. Yeah, I wanted ahead. to go ahead and explain to the fine listeners out there that Racketeer Collection, even though there are some episodes that we specifically say, oh, hey, this is a tangent episode. Every episode's tangenty, and that's part of the uh, part of the charm, you know. We, uh, I want the Racketeer collection. What charm? Yeah, what charm? Really, to be honest, I mean, why would anybody listen to the show? But you know, I would like the Racketeer, the the Racketeer, the Racketeer. I would love the Racketeer collection to be Racketeer to be um very much like you're hanging out with your friends like you know it's a sleepover it's you know kind of reliving those moments where 
you know, life didn't seem so heavy. Why is everything so heavy? <laughs> Clutch reference. No, I don't think a lot of people are going to get that one. I'm not even going to say what it is. Yeah, that's a weird reference. You know, it's funny, like, retroactively, I like that album more than I did when I first listened to it. It's a good it. one. It's, it's, uh, do we say what album we're talking about or do no. we want the fans to no. Okay. It's an album that when it came out, you get five Rack and Tour points. <laughs> it's an album that when. But it was, only five Rack and Tour Charlie points. <laughs> I'm closing my eyes because I'm so frustrated. I'm seething with rage. It's like, there are, whenever I do stuff like that, it always makes me think of Jim Carrey's Grinch. Seething with rage. Um, the more I listen to the album, or like when it came out, I enjoyed it when it came out, but I, I think just, like you said, as I listen to it more and just kind of give more time to it, I think it has more replayability. And even though like I do enjoy the first albums a lot, um, I don't know, people like, Really kind of crap on that whole era of music as being very like cheese ball. Yeah. I mean, but, like at the same that's time. That's the problem. It's though it's early 2000s. So it's not that far away. And I mean, like, yeah. eventually it'll circle back around within our lifetime, right? Which is going to be interesting, first of all, because it's going to be so cringy. I mean, you have to think of it. It's kind of like with. I think this era of music is going to be way more cringy. I just no, got to be honest with you. No offense to anybody out there who has a mustache, but it's like the, ma- the mustache fad. You know, everybody wants the mustache. Everybody. Not everybody, and I'm gonna tell you this because people need to hear this. Not it takes a certain face to look good with a mustache. Yeah, one of our patrons, Jack Henry, dude, he I looks, think he looks good with the mustache. He looks great, right? I think he could pull off like the, you know, Jack Black and Nacho Libre. Bad looking mustache, man. And if your mustache looks like that, I I would not look good with mustache. So I'm not saying. I've a uh, you know I've like trimmed all my facial before. And I never, I would never, be, I've never gone like clean cut, but I've like yeah. gone the razor, you know, over um, the electric razor, yeah, and then like left the mustache, yeah, me and too. like that looks fine. But I was like, that's the most I it could just, ever do. I think it. I feel like when I have it, it looks a little bit like I couldn't go handle wispy, like rat like, you know, like it just doesn't. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. It's on your face. <laughs> it's on your face. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. It's on your face. Subscribe to us on Patreon. Subscribe to us on Patreon. Also, by the way, whenever you listen to this, talk. I think I mentioned the mustache talk. Henry Cavill, good. All right, see you next week. Keanu Reeves, bad. It's like 20 <laughs> second episodes. Actually, Keanu Reeves. 20 second what a man. episodes. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this in the last episode, but thank you to our father, Paul, for uh, subscribing on Patreon. Yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, before we... Before we hop into the meat of the episode, we have a couple little extra appetizers to get through. I Last week, we released an episode. Uh, Jack and I re-recorded in person, just as yeah. we had before. Um, I just want to quickly address this up in the head, because I think this is actually the first time an episode has been so bad that like we really heavily delayed it. Um, but yeah, we you know, recorded it as we did record one in person before and this one for some reason was totally bad and so now it we was have, horrible yeah so now we have a setup where both mics are recording to the same computer which i don't think is ideal and like the best recording since but for us it works yeah and you know i think it'll make the workload easier for us because all of a sudden syncing doesn't become an issue when we're i both think ideally i'd like to get computer. some xlr microphones um 
and actually go through like a physical mixer yeah and yeah. have like sd cards saved onto and then edit that on like a program in a laptop i totally agree or just a better quality which um that's i think part of the patreon fun the that's next. what the next goal is i think is getting those it's going to be a couple hundred dollars for sure yeah um like i said i would love to do um sort of like video cameras but i want to get the audio good first and then yeah i want to get the audio to that. and also if i gotta be frank just I don't want to put that much work into it until we right. have a decent amount of money coming in from it. And which if that never happens, it never happens. But right. I'm just you know, saying that's it's a ways off. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I want to make the audio part of it very seamless. And right now, before we start recording, there's usually about thirty minutes remotely or in person. So either way, where we're both testing mics and you know, we're always gonna have to test the mics. So I don't really care about that. But mic like check, mic check, one, two, three, one, two, three. You know. My check. We get weird issues where like, oh man, I'm for some reason getting static. Oh man, for some reason it's not picking me up or oh you know for some reason i just unplugged the mic plugged it back in and for some reason all of the settings change you know stuff like that and so yeah or oh you load up audacity it doesn't work and then you close it open it again oh it works magically oh, it works, yeah i that's it's so frustrating <laughs> yeah and so we apologize about that uh that episode is up now though for anybody yes. who's curious who's brave enough to listen it's it's not it only gets horrible at some parts yeah. um laura did it like literally sat thing for six six seven eight hours editing it so wow very you know big ups to her mm-hmm. big ups big ups but yeah uh for this next coming Bless week up. i have recorded another short story um i wanted to i was going to release it last week but i kind of wanted to sit on it a little bit longer let it marinate before, and listen to it again after it's kind of marinated you know because oftentimes on the high of being like, oh man, I just finished recording it, cutting it together, putting the music in. You get kind of deaf to like some of the other issues that you, because you've been listening to it over and over. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to just marinate on it, listen to it again, and then put it up. So expect that. It's about, I think about 30 minutes. So it's not super long, but um, excited for that. It's called The Woodsman. The Woodsman. But Jack. The Woods. Are you ready to get into the episode the meat charlie soup of the episode the soup and bones the broth the broth the the broth the beans of the, the broth the beans the bacon let me tell you that yeah it's a good recipe it's a good recipe i'm that with um this fry bread that laura makes mm. Mm. let me tell you another thing the these lettuce wraps that i make mm. so good you know lettuce wraps with some rice is like easy if meal. charlie from Five years ago, heard Jack go, hey, you know, at some point in the future, I'm going to make a lettuce wrap for myself. I'd be like, no way. No, that's no never going to happen. No, yeah, we had, I had, like I said, I had Sam <laughs> last night and lettuce wraps and rice and it was real good. So I I enjoyed it, but I'm ready to get into the meat of the episode if you want to. Yeah. So. Start off. I'm not quite sure what we'll call this episode because I feel like the um, topic is a little bit ephemeral, you know, a little bit up in the air. Would you dare say nebulous? Nebulous. Yes, I would say nebulous. That was the, what was it? That was the theme. The theme for chapter five. But, you know, we do a lot of video game episodes here at the Racketeer Collection, and we would love to continue doing them because, you know, video games have played a big part in Jack and I's, you know, growing up. They did. And a lot of our inspiration, you know, they've played a bunch of just different roles as, you know, hey, time killers. Hey, this is the chill. Hey, you're really into this, you know. Hey, this is a passion. Hey, this is just something you do when you're off time, you know. So it's all of those things. But 
for those individuals or for those listeners out there who don't play video games all the time, you know, you different stage of your life, different point, you know, I kind of wanted to take a step back and to kind of break it down a little bit more because I find that when we're talking about a lot of the episodes, we'll mention certain things or we'll mention certain aspects of just playing video games in general that I think to the lay person who doesn't, that wouldn't make any sense. To the lay person. You know, but it wouldn't make any sense, right? And, uh, you know, like if I said, oh man, I it was I took forever to earn this achievement or earn this trophy. I mean, like, you can have a general concept of like, okay, so they did something to earn the trophy, but like, what does that really mean? Right. Yeah, like what does the, it really mean? Is the trophy being to say a game is, house or to say a game is hard, right? What does it really mean to say when we say like, oh, first person? Oh, hey, this game is a third person action game. You know, hey, this is a puzzle. Hey, this genre of game. Hey, this level. Hey, the stage, you know. So I kind of wanted to take a step back and break it down, you know. Yeah, for kind sure. Of, for anybody out there who's always thought of video games as something they've been like, man, video games? I've always been interested by them, but like at this point, it, I don't, I don't, I, how am I supposed to get into them? I don't know why. Like it, it felt like to me you went a little Obama right there for a second. Video games? By uh, how do you get into them? I do it. Yeah. And uh, so Obama, if you're listening out there, we're gonna tell you how to get into some video games. Like I think it's gonna be interesting because you have someone like our dad who yeah, who's played exactly. video games, but he exactly. hasn't played anything new really. Yeah. But he's expressed that he wants to play the newer Fallout games. Mm-hmm. And but so the jump is hard. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I think it'd be interesting to get some feedback from just I don't know if him directly, but just people who have played video games and have kind of fallen out of them, or just every now and then because a lot of terminology is like procedurally generated or roguelike battle royale, roguelike. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. You know, all and that it, kind of stuff is kind of foreign to you know older games. Yeah, it can feel like you're walking into a class, right? And it's the sixth, you know, it's the sixth, seventh week of class. And you're like, I don't know what any of these mean. Can I copy your notes, please? Yeah. Please, can I copy your notes? Let's just keep running bikes, please. Let's just keep running bikes, please. But kind of wanted to uh, take that direction today. So I'll start it off. Yes, please. So you think about getting into video games. You think about, man, played Mario back in the day. I didn't play what, anything what, back What in can the day. I do? What if you what what it try what if this person didn't play anything? Anything. But they've well, seen it like in the news yeah. and magazines and, and so what I would say tapes. what I would say is it's very helpful when you're venturing into video games again or for the first time to have somebody there who's who you trust and who's also very familiar. I mean, ideally, that would be the best situation, right? Somebody who can kind of walk you through the steps. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. So, far. you know, where do you start even if you want to say even before that? Well, you have several different places you can have. You have a computer. And I would say most people don't have a gaming, you know, focused computer. But if you do, you know, if you have a powerful computer or if you have a good laptop or, you know, that can be your option to play some games. Or you have an old dusty console that your kids used to play on yeah. or consoles are great because, you know, games for that console will still work on that console. Yeah, like if you you can go yourself like a PS3, um, off brand controller and some games, and it'll still run. Like it uh, for like less than a hundred bucks, you know, you can set yourself up with a couple of games, controller and the console. Yeah. Like they're they're cheap now, so yeah, um, yeah. And so you know, from there, so you kind of decide what you're gonna play on. You know, are you gonna play on an Xbox? Or are you gonna play on PlayStation? 
You can play a Nintendo Switch. There, I would say overall, there's not a huge difference between if you're choosing between like Xbox and PlayStation. You're not going to experience a huge difference. There are console exclusives. So, for example, like PlayStation has, you know, this is changing anyways because I think a lot of PlayStation games are going to PC now. But, yeah, yeah. You know, PlayStation has a series like Uncharted, which is not on Xbox. But Xbox has the Halo games, which are not on PlayStation. And so, you know, if you are really wanting to play a certain type of game, all I would do is just Google it and be like, oh, hey, can I play it on PlayStation? Yep, good. That's all you need to worry about. And from there, you know, so you got your console, you got whatever you're going to play on. And then from there, it's literally looking at things that are going to be interesting to you. They just start to weed them out, right? Because not all games are, of course, created equal. You have some games which I think are very good at teaching people how to play. And, you know, very good at walking you through and kind of they're open to all experience levels. But then there are some games that are definitely a little bit more obscure. Definitely, like, like you're not, you don't want to play Dark Souls as your first game back. Yeah, I would say games like um, Darkest Dungeon, Dark Souls... Escape from Tarkov, games that don't really teach you how to play. Um, like they teach you how to play, but it's very, it's very like on a, it's almost like a subconscious level. Like you kind of have to have some gaming knowledge, to like understand, okay, this works because of this, and like you kind of have to piece it together yourself. And I think it'd be difficult to do that if you didn't already have some knowledge. That you could like kind of pull from knowledge, knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Because you have a game like, say, Animal Crossing, that while it is pretty complex, you know, you go in, create your character, create your name. Okay, you're told, go see this guy, run around a bit, you find him, tells you exactly what you gotta do, exactly how you can make money, and then from there you kind of left to your own devices, and but you have all the tools you need to kind of expand on your current yeah. devices. So. Yeah, so with all that in mind, I think, of course, the next logical step is to give you some starting points, all right? Some starting points to say, hey, I'm interested in games. Where where should I start? Where should I start? And I'll take the first one. So I personally, I don't have any of Nintendo's consoles right now. Um, but I, you know, grew up playing Friends in 64. We had a GameCube. Um, I would highly recommend, if you want, like, the easiest, I would say, option, if you want to get into... Say you want to get into like an action adventure, open world ish type game, right? I mean, I would feel pretty confident saying, "Hey, start with Mario Odyssey, right? Start with okay. like a Mario game because those types of games are really marketed to a very large audience. Very true. I mean, marketed a little bit younger, and so you're not going to find things that are going to be like make you pull your hair out. And honestly, I think a lot of the struggle people have who are getting into video games for the first time or they haven't played in a long time is literally learning how to use the controller and especially coming to camera controls and moving. I have to say that that is probably going to be your most challenging learning gap in learning just how to play games, especially using a controller, because I take it completely for granted now that oh, for I sure. can move around and look. I can be moving straight, but then I can be looking my camera to the left or I can be flicking behind me to see if somebody's chasing me. You know, I can be jumping and running and 
then I can lift my finger slightly off of the camera control to jump or to roll or lift my finger off the movement to switch a weapon, you know? Yeah. And that, like the dexterity it takes to use a controller, I think is a big major roadblock. Yeah, so let me, I think a really good example of this is the way you, especially like new Call of Duties with all like the sliding and stuff like that. It's crazy to me how much I don't think about, like, so I'll be playing controller regular setup. So just picture a PlayStation controller. You have your two analog sticks. Your thumbs go on the analog sticks. Then your index and middle finger usually go on like the triggers, which are the back slash top of the controller. L1, L2 is your left. R1, R2 is your right. Then you have, you know, on the face of the controller, directional buttons on your left. Um, what'd you call them? Like triangle. Your, I mean, on it's for PlayStation, it's the sacred symbols. For Xbox, it's A, B, X, and Y. Yeah. So. And that's kind of how all all controllers are basically set up like that. Um, Xbox controllers are slightly different. Uh, It's actually, I think it's just determined, like on Xbox, the big difference is just the analog sticks are offset from each other. Yeah. Um, But like, I, you know, so I'm like running, I'll slide, and then I go from that position to like my right hand goes into like a weird like claw kind of position. Yeah. Where my index finger is controlling the camera and then i'm using my ring finger middle finger to press buttons i know i'm getting a little convoluted but i'm just trying to explain no, like that's how i take that for granted gets, yeah but even just like i i don't know why i remember i remember like lily for the first time playing like i think medal of honor i think she was trying it and she could not get like the camera and moving at the same time yeah that was weird. And i'm like how do you not get that it but gets, like it, it's a skill you got to learn for sure you know it gets even harder because well, oftentimes you have movement on the left and your camera on the right. And so your steering wheel, you know, for your character or for whoever you're playing is your left analog stick. And then your head, so to use like a car analogy, right? So the steering wheel, left analog stick. So your head would then be the right. How you, So you can, you know, be turning left and you can look right. You know, that, and then, but it gets more complicated than that because on your camera control, then you have other face buttons to press as well. And so then you have to manage moving the camera and pressing a face button all within, you know, spans of, you know, a second. And less than that. You know, it's so Probably funny way because less than that, actually. the Call of Duty example, I think, is a really good one because that's one, I mean, like when you're thinking about, you know, you're in this intense multiplayer game and even me, like this is where it fumbles me where it's just like it's so much information and I'm trying to run away from me and I'm being shot at. Oh, I have to put on more armor plates. And so I have to hold triangle. So that means I have to let Wait. go of the camera. And often what I'll do is I'll kind of lock the camera into like a spot where I can kind of see and be moving and doing the armor plates. Or again, as Jack described, do that weird claw thing with your hand where you're holding triangle and you're kind of moving, you know, like you do like a weird little setup. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's hard for sure. Yeah. And so I'd say like getting used to a controller is going to be the most off-putting and your biggest roadblock to playing new games. And I think it's kind of sad because it's something I think, you know, I take so for granted. Like I could, I play like not looking at my controller. I don't think about anything on my controller. Right, I can play with like my controller behind my head while playing Call of Duty multiplayer. Yeah. You know, like it becomes so intuitive to a point as with anything really. For you sure. Know, that it becomes easy. But I would say, you know, for example, our dad wanting to play move from Fallout 2 to Fallout 3. So all of a sudden you're moving Fallout to a big space, so he's going to have to learn the controller. The most frustrating part for him is going to be just moving around. And it sucks because the game will be like, oh, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be doing this. And you're like, well, I can't even 
move and then shoot and there's things hitting me from the back and then I have to like run oh what button is it to pull out my gun oh I accidentally shot you know like and so you just run into this problem and then you just die and then the game starts you over and so from there Jack are there any games that you could recommend for learning the controller for learning you know something that would kind of get you in the door but not punish you for not knowing I think one of the best um, things I could probably recommend is honestly would be a Call of Duty, but you play the campaign. It's definitely not what I would say. You play a campaign on the easiest difficulty. There's a because on that difficulty, it's so hard for you to die, and it, you have so much time, and you can take it at your own pace to learn, and you're not punished nearly as bad for not knowing what you're doing. So that's one thing I would recommend. Um, you have games like. If you're on Nintendo, like Pikmin, that's a good one. Because the camera Pikmin's settings... Pikmin's a little hard because you do have a time limit. Well, yeah, but if you're playing the second one, there's no, no time limit, true. technically. Um, trying to think of like some other ones that are good, like learning examples. I mean... That's the problem. Is I think the way to learn, though, is like just putting the game on the easiest difficulty. Yeah, I, I would 100% say that. it's. I think often when you're talking about gamers... You know, there's this gamer girl. There's this idea that gamers only enjoy games when they're hard and when you're challenged and when you're doing this. And that's totally not true. Those people turn around and play Stardew Valley. You know, if you want to play a game on the easiest difficulty and use a guide and a walkthrough to play the whole entire thing and you enjoy it, good. You did it. You played a video game and that's all that matters. You know, it doesn't matter if you're playing a game in a wrong way or a right way. And that's what I would highly encourage people out there is that it's never, especially in your early learning of how to actually play, you know, there is no right or wrong way. And you can always start a game over. And games, yes, there are games that are a little bit more punishing in terms of if you make a mistake, but you can stay away from those. Or you can always start over, you know? So while I do think there are a couple games out there that I would kind of recommend, um yeah, what would you recommend because you said my choice was a little yeah i was kind of surprised but i you know range. i do think like call of duty especially if you think about like the modern warfare remaster if you were to play that on super easy i do think that that teaches you a lot you know and like you would if you could stick through the first couple levels and especially i mean like you have the uh there's that training mode in there and so yeah. like you could just do that over and over but then the problem is, is you know you want to experience things you want to feel like you're progressing yeah, I will say I think one of the best things you could do for like learning um, is a lot of the Call of Duty's have like a special ops mode, which is just missions you can play on the easiest difficulty to just learn the controls. Um, even there's also you know Call of Duty Zombies. I think is another good one because that's just a fun mode, especially play with a few friends. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. Um, but it's, it's hard to like figure out what exactly would be like the perfect game to learn other than just setting it to the easiest difficulty and jumping Mm. in. I mean, that's, and you won't know what games you like or dislike until you actually like give them a try. You jump in and try, you know, and that's why kind of at the top, I did say like, follow what looks cool to you. Like if if a game looks cool. Or your heart. Yeah. Follow your heart. Basically. You know, if you look at a game and you're like, wow, that always looked cool. You'd probably like it. I mean, um wow this looks so cool for me there's some very there's some very rare instances where i'm like man like darkest dungeon as an example i'm like i would 
by all accounts, I should love Darkest Dungeon, but it just has never clicked for we me. Should, we should play it together sometime. We should. I think that'd be kind of a good one to do. But I was going to recommend, Jack, Minecraft, I think is probably the best one. It because, you know, first person. I was, was going to say, I don't know. That did not even enter my brain. Yeah. And Minecraft, I think. Ellie was playing it earlier. So Minecraft, I think, is a great one, really because it is so simple, right? Yes. You know, it's a game that I think does get complex if you want it to. For sure. I, I, I agree. Playing Minecraft, I think, for the first time is really good. Now, not so good if you want some absolute objectives because Minecraft is a little bit more freeform. But also, within that, you know, Minecraft is low stakes. You know, you don't have, you're not have a time limit. If you want to, you can set, like Jack recommended, set it on the easiest difficulty, which is a peaceful mode. And so at that point, your character's not even going to starve to death. There's not going to be any monsters that try to attack you. And so literally the only way you can die is if you fall off a cliff. And even if that happens, guess what? You come back alive and you're yeah, okay. Yeah, on, on Peaceful, the hardest battles against yourself. What's that from? The hardest battles against yourself. I don't know. That's from, that's from a game. The hardest uh, battles against yourself. But it sounds like a Final Fantasy quote. It does. But that's definitely what I would recommend because, you know, you can kind of have a low stakes environment to get used to the controls, especially with camera movement. Another one that popped into my head is the um is Doom. <laughs> is the remastered Spyro trilogy. That's I, a good one. That's a great one. You know, especially going backwards in times to look at older games that have been remastered, you're gonna find a lot there that's easier. And then if you, I think, just can't cut it with the 3D games, controlling a camera, Jack brought it up before, but Stardew Valley, um, a lot of, there's a, there's a, I'm, there are tons of great 2D yeah, games out I mean, there. Darkest Dungeon's another one. That's a difficult uh, one. I mean, but Hollow Knight. Camera, Hollow Knight. I mean, it's like a 2D Dark Souls. I mean. I mean, go back and play some of the classics, you know, like uh, Metal Slug. Metal Slug. Oh, Metal Slug is great. But Mega all of Man. that. You know, all of these games that we've kind of brought up and mentioned will get you familiar with using a controller, which should be your first your first thing. Because once you feel familiar to be like, like hey, even if I struggle with moving Oblivion, Skyrim, great examples as well. You know, even if you really struggle with moving, but you find that you don't have to look at the face buttons, that means you're getting better. You know, you're, if you're being like, oh, what button do I press to pull up my weapon? Okay, cool. You know, that... Your hurdle is going to be the controller and moving around in a 3D space. I mean, it's just for somebody who doesn't do it, it seems so weird to me that I'm like, oh, just just do it. Yeah, just do it. But I've been doing it for years, you know, like like literally over 20 years at this and point. So, you know, I can't say like, oh, it's just it's just I've just been doing it for so long that it becomes natural. And then the nice thing is once you learn the controller and you get comfortable with it, that comfortability does go over to other games because for sure you know once you're comfortable moving the camera and you know in minecraft then you could technically go over to dark souls and move the camera better you know it does it's not that different and that's what's actually kind of nice about games now is they're kind of unified behind similar control sets you yeah know? i think like a lot of games nowadays i mean i don't know if this would be like another topic on its own but like a lot of games nowadays aren't really you know changing it up a lot but not in a bad way like you have a lot of older games that are all doing things drastically different camera controls movement uh how you interact with the game because people didn't know the limitations or really kind of they're just exploring but now people have kind of gotten the fundamentals down and so the fundamentals are there for a lot of games that can translate over 
but then each game has its own unique way it plays or operates. Yeah. But if you have a basic understanding, like Charlie was saying, of the controller, then you got a pretty good chance of, you know, having yeah. a good time figuring it out. So, so Jack, once you conquered the controller, right, you feel confident with the controller, you know it, maybe not inside and out, but, you know, you feel like you have a sense of con- actual control. And I always, you know, compare it to when you drive a car for the first time, there's this feeling like this car is going to do something and I'm going to have no control over it. Feels very same when you're playing a video game where you're like, mm-hmm. why is this happening? Why is it happening like this? Once you get familiar with the controller, hopefully a lot of that kind of goes away. And so, Jack, looking at, you know, you're comfortable with the controller. What are some things you should know about games nowadays? And this can be just something that, like, you've observed through playing games recently or something in the past that you're like, man, you know, if somebody was coming into the outside, this would be totally unknown to them, you know? What is something you feel like is really important about playing games in this modern time? You know, with our new consoles, on PC, on wherever you're playing. You know, what's something that you feel like kind of sticks out in playing games now? It's like a it's kind of a big question, I feel like. It's um I think it's something that like really sticks out in my mind that what I find in myself is that a lot of games are going for um, ways to kind of keep you playing them, and a lot of games, especially any games that any game that has multiplayer, has unlocks, has skins, has like these little microtransactions. Which a microtransaction is, if you don't know, is where you just you know you pay five, ten, fifteen bucks for you know the in-game currency to buy cooler-looking skins or you well, know it's even a unique bundle for something. I mean, you have a game like Dead by Daylight, which they release bundles of different killers yeah and so like they just released uh scream Mm -hmm. and so well maybe not just released but screams on the game now and it was like a five dollar bundle yeah so that that's kind of you know each game is kind of having its own ways of getting its claws into you and for me it's call of duty and i like unlocking camos unlocking guns um and earning different like reticle sites different emblems i like doing that kind of stuff yeah so just to clarify a little bit you know, I think the idea of, you know, microtransactions is a really poignant one because it is so prevalent nowadays. And that is something I feel like within modern gaming that you always have to contend with. Yeah, it's been in this, what, with the, within the past like eight years. It's gotten it's like when it started, everyone was so against it. But nowadays yeah. people just kind of accept it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this whole thing kind of started, I think, for where I really noticed it was with Oblivion. And so Oblivion, you know, is a full-fledged fantasy game. We had a whole episode about it. If you want to know more about Oblivion, go listen to that. But, you know, full-fledged fantasy game. And then I think one of the additional pieces of content you could purchase was a $5 piece of content, which all it did was gave armor to your horse. All it did. I remember that. And people lost their minds because they were like, why would we pay $5 for armor for a horse that doesn't really do anything? Nowadays... It's kind of normal, and like Jack was saying, you know, when you're playing a game like Call of Duty, and especially if you're playing multiplayer, you know, you're looking at your gun a lot. Even then, though, you know, you have your character, and you can, hey, how do you want your character to look? There's all these skins. Some of the skins you can unlock by playing the game. Yeah. Some of the guns, you know, if hey, if you want this really awesome, decked out military gear, nice. Or if you want this neon pink with anime symbols on it you can buy that as well 
And a lot of games now, instead of just saying, hey, unlock this through playing the game, say, hey, if you pay us two bucks, you can have these anime skins. If it gets egregious, you get to the point where games are like, hey, if you pay us $20, you get one character skin, you get three or four gun skins, you get this little attachment, and you get a little calling card. Or Yeah, it's Call of Duty. And all of those things don't change how the game plays at all. Yeah, yeah. But I think what it does is it makes you feel like you have more ownership and control. And so there's a little bit, you know, it kind of goes both ways. And I would say, hey, if you're enjoying playing Warzone or if you're enjoying playing Fortnite or whatever free-to-play game and you notice, hey, there's a really cool something something here that I kind of yeah, want. Like, I like the way that looks and I kind of want that to be my thing. Like if you can you, totally do that. Like if, that's kind of what I do, you know? If like, you have the money for it, I mean go for it. It's not it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, you're missing out on what one fast food meal if you eat fast food. Right. Like that's that's so, it. So that's a whole yeah, you know, that's a whole, you know, important thing. I think it's really important to bring up is yeah, games nowadays, you know, they're often not just trying to sell you the game, they're trying to sell you other things within the game usually yeah. digital goods that once you stop playing the game i mean you don't have them i mean you I have could, them i could but, sell my fortnite account i got some og skins on there right but um do you want to answer the question or yeah yeah i was like it was you answer or are we going on to another point so i think whatever you want to do the big a big thing of games now that was not lacking in games before, but I think was more genre-based, is this... I have to explain a couple of terms here. So when you think about playing old Mario, right? Uh, Mario 64. You know, you don't play Mario 64 and go, man, I'm going to put some points into Mario's speed so he's a little faster. A lot of games now have kind of incorporated role-playing, role-playing game-esque qualities to their games. What I mean by that is, so like when you have a role-playing game, this, of course, if you want to trace role-playing games back, goes all the way back to Dungeons & Dragons, paper and pen games, you know, branching off into fantasy games where you then have all of that dice rollings done by algorithms and, you know. Yeah. Um, so but having... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so in a lot of these RPG games, you have, you Just know... Just try to mansplain it to a man. You have a lot of definite control over hey, I'm going to equip this ring, and this ring gives me plus two attack and plus one defense, you know? And so it makes you stronger, and you can take a little bit more hits, right? That quality has carried out through a lot of different types of games. And so like Jack was saying, a lot of, like, Call of Duty, you know, you'll have your reticule site, and the reticule site will say, hey, this increases your... It gives you a better, like, sight picture, but right. it slows down how fast your gun aims down sights. Or here's like a barrel for your gun, which gives you a farther, like your bullets do more damage at a farther range. But again, you move a little bit slower. Like there's always kind of a give and take. Uh, yeah. And then you have games where, like Charlie was saying, like in Oblivion, um, so you put on a ring, it's like plus 15% damage reduction or whatever. You know what I mean? Or it's plus 50 magic, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean negative, but this the these different stats have been applied to so many different games in so many different ways. Yeah, and so you know, I bring this whole point up to say that games definitely are more complex now than they were in the past. Like for sure, that's why I recommended Spyro at the top of the show because in Spyro you can worry about collecting gems, you know, but you don't have to worry that Spyro is going to run out of food and you need to make sure you go scavenge some berries and eat them, right? 
a lot of games are like that now where they have systems on systems and i think it's kind of a confusing thing especially when you're used to playing a more singular focused game because so many games now it's like hey you can customize your guy like this hey you want to try alchemy here's this whole pop-up and they can give you so much information all at once all at once right because the game has a lot to tell you even a game like call of duty you think it's just about going in there and doing whatever it's not oh my gosh like i opened up vanguard and there was so many like this is what the creative class does this is what i was like i know all this but then i had the moment where i was like Maybe someone doesn't know all of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is what the loadout is. This is what the kill streaks are. Right. And so it was just funny that I was thinking about that last night when I was when I was playing the game for the first time. I was like, I already know all this. I wish I could skip this. And I was like, who doesn't know this? Right. But then like imagine our dad getting on there and be like, Jack, what's this a uh, create a class? Yeah. I want, I want to create a class. How do I do yeah. that? Or I mean, even take you for example. I like create your I create a loadout yeah. for you because you're like Jack, I don't know how to go through these menus as fast as you do. And I'm just like yeah. I'm going through the menus, yeah. you know. So But you what I will recommend is that especially if you find a game that feels so overwhelming, and I'm talking about games like I feel like even Skyrim can be overwhelming with the amount of stuff they tell you in the beginning versus how important that stuff is because they don't say, Hey, you'll be doing this all the time. But the moment you click on an alchemy table in Skyrim, they pop up this huge window and they're like, this is how you do alchemy. And you're like, oh my gosh, do I have to remember this wall of text? No. I bring this whole point up to say that games often come across as being very complex. But, and I think, you know, in a way they are, but realistically, the game is designed to do a couple things. And once you kind of wrap your head around the base, then you can start adding on these layers of knowledge. Like very, Jack very said, true. very true. You don't have to create a class in Call of Duty to be comfortable. You could pick one of their pre-made ones and have a total fun time and do well. It's not like, you know, but then you'll find, hey, this class doesn't do exactly what I do, and then you maybe dot dip into it. And so yeah, what or, I would say I mean, yeah, even I'll say like you're you know, you're doing your custom class and then like so you just started and then you get killed, you watch the kill cam, and you're like Yo, what is that guy using? That's going through this, you know, crazy weapon camo and like all these different attachments. And you're like, I can I do that? You know what I mean? I've kind of doled my excitement about that sort of thing. But it was weird. I was like, oh, so you can like actually change out the kind of ammo you use in this one, like yeah. for all the guns, all the ammo. It's like there's a you can do 10 attachments. It's crazy. For Vanguard? Yeah. I feel like that makes more sense for like more modern. I I, I know. Anyways. I trust me. The whole point of bringing up, you know, RPG stats coming into shooters and so and so is that, yes, games are more complex, but ultimately, you do not have to understand everything about everything in order to have fun or in order to even enjoy the game. And if it's a good game, those things will be layered back into the experience and you'll have time to figure them out. For sure. You know, it's never going to be this thing where you're like, oh man. In The Witcher, I wanted to figure out what, you know, potion did this, but I skipped the tooltip because they popped up the tooltip when I picked up the random resource four hours ago, but now I need to know yeah, how to yeah. make this. Well, most games have a glossary that you literally can look through. Yeah, Or you can sure. revisit tutorial messages, or you can, you know, do it again. And so don't let a game push you away because it seems so outlandish or so complex. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like a lot of games, most games are good at, 
if you get to a point where you feel like you're stuck, you've, you know, you missed out on something that is, you know, vital to your progression. Uh, and you're able to go back and actually figure that out pretty easily. Like with you, so with a glossary, you would go through like your quest log or you're like, this doesn't feel right. I don't know if I should be here. You know, like, oh yeah, like I haven't checked the map. I have not been here before. Um, I'm going to go do a different quest or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, or even games are like, hey, this enemy's too high of a level. Here's a little skull next to their name, like a little like red skull. And it pops up. This indicates this enemy is like too difficult for you. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so games are kind of good at making sure that if, even, if you, even if you're not like paying a thousand percent attention, that you're able to progress at your own pace. Yeah. Um, and, you know, go ahead. We good? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just I was looking. We got to what the uh, <laughs> with the about the 50 minute mark. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so weird. I, uh, I'm i not looking at a clock this time while we're recording, and so it was just flying by. You know, ultimately, Jack, so we brought up a lot of different things, and, you know, when it comes down to it, though, when it really comes down to it, there are some games that are just better than others, and there are some games that are crafted in such a way that learning the information about the game is natural, and it doesn't overwhelm you and say, hey, here's... 4,000 different boxes and you have to read each one to really understand. So what I'd like to do now is, you know, hey, so we said, hey, don't be scared of the games. Games are also, there's not a lot of permanence in games. So like, even if you feel like you're really screwing up, you can always start over. You can always restart a level. Yeah, like you games know, are pretty never, forgiving. Yeah, sure. and that's something too where it's like people feel like games are so serious and it's like, no, not yeah, really. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I play games just to relax and have a good time. I'm never like, all right, yeah, here we go. Like, you know, because like, can't wait. You know, if I talk about, hey, I was playing Minecraft. I've been playing hardcore Minecraft, right? So if I die one time, it deletes my character, right? And so I'm like, oh man, this Enderman came up and just murdered me, and I lost, you know, hours of progress because I didn't see him. And yeah. People are like man, I don't want to play Minecraft. Hey, you don't have to play Minecraft like Here, that. Here's a good series games. If you want a good game, um, Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon? Harvest Moon. I, I started playing, Ellie calls it the farm game with the dog. <laughs> um, I started playing it the other day, just Harvest Moon Save the Homeland. Mm. Uh, that's a really great game that just teaches you, like, in a sense, like, in-game time management, how to get your priorities straight with not a lot of pressure on you at all. You can yeah. take it at your own pace. You can do whatever, you know. So that's another good game series I think is good to get into. That's just very casual. Like there are a lot of like casual games out there for sure that you yeah. Can get into. And they, you know, in the same vein as that. Um, I guess we'll take a step back here. I kind of wanted to get into you know that thought of that there are some games that are just better than others. And so you master the controller. You've tried a couple of games, but nothing is really sticking. And so now we're just going to move into a huge recommendation section. You've mastered. Well, real quick, I just want to let's define a few terms before we get into game recommendations. Yeah, what terms do you have in mind? Um, like roguelike, ah, procedural generated. So yeah, I will do procedurally generated. Okay. So if we describe something as procedurally generated, that means that when you load into a level or a world, it is generated at random based on a few parameters. 
So in a world like Minecraft, every world is procedurally generated as you're walking around. Minecraft is definitely the best example of this because it's every world is built block by block. And so everything feels different. Yeah. So that's it just means it's built pretty much randomly. So the easiest way to think about this for randomly generated is say you have a game that's going to create like a little castle or a little layout of a house. And so you have hallway A, you have hallway B, and you have rooms A and B. It could start you in room B and you can move on to hallway A or you could start in room A and move on to hallway B, you know, but so you can like still see same things and often procedurally generated games run into that where when you're first playing them, you're like, wow, it's so cool. For example, in No Man's Sky that each planet, there's billions of planets, but then you start visiting planets and you're like, man, this planet looks a lot like the other one. And then this planet, it looks kind of different, like it's shaded differently, but kind of still looks the same this plan just has some screaming wolves you know and so like procedurally generated i don't feel like works well all the time however in some games that use it well it's like really well done minecraft terraria terraria that sort of thing um a lot of games that are really i think built around being <laughs> procedurally generated tend to be better i mean darkest dungeon darkest dungeon. those dungeons are procedurally generated but i mean well. even like i think of the chalice dungeons in bloodborne yeah. You know, the idea of having randomly generated, procedurally generated dungeons that you can just infinitely explore sounds so cool until you realize you're like, I've, I've seen, seen this hallway before. I've seen this trap before. Yeah. And how many times can I do this before? It just is like, nah. For sure. Um, yeah, Jack brought up Roguelite. Roguelite is a great one because this one has changed. It's a huge a catch-all term. And so huge I think. Huge catch-all term. For roguelite, it, I mean, not to give you a history lesson, but it started back with a specific game called Rogue. And so there were other games that were. No called, way. So there are other games that came out that were like Rogue. And so people call them Rogue Likes. I mean, that's where it comes from. And now the term has kind of expanded into Rogue Light with a T and not Like with a K. And essentially, what those types of games do is. Thank you for clarifying that because I actually was like, is it Light or Like? It's both. Yeah. Okay. And so the easiest way to think about these games is think about them almost like an arcade game, right? So like an arcade fighting game or like uh, what are those ones that have like the light guns, you know, where it sees it's like how far can you get? Often with roguelites, they're very fun in that way because you'll be like, oh man, you need to do this really hard series of challenges. And maybe the first time you only get the first one done. But every time you complete the first one, you can invest some points to make your overall character better. So each subsequent run, you start getting more done. You start seeing more. I think one of the best examples of this um, is Binding of Isaac. The Binding of Isaac is a really great example. And I think a lot of people would point to that one if you want an example of what a really good roguelite is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I believe... Isn't Hades a roguelite? Yeah. Hades is a roguelite. Hades um, is fantastic too. That's also another fantastic game. Uh, I know there's another one. I, there's I, a bunch. I, know, I know I'm missing, but there's one I was thinking of, but it's whatever. Yeah, there's a bunch. You know, so roguelites, it's a very, that's a popular genre now. I'd say another popular genre is like the Metroidvania, which I've brought up before. Uh, of course, Metroidvania, very much like roguelike, starts with the game Metroid. And, a kind of a trademark of these games is most of the time there are 2D games. 
and you have like this overarching huge maze of maps that you slowly uncover. So you're going down the hallway, you check your map. Oh, that hallway is illuminated now. You go into a room, you explore the room. Metroidvanias also have the quality of being like, you go into a room and there's an item up on a ledge that's too high to reach. And you're like, man, do I just, I have to leave. You go into the next room and then all of a sudden you get a double jump and you're like, and then you can go back and then you can double jump up and get the item. And so oftentimes Metroidvanias have that very much like, well, they'll block off pathways based on abilities you have. And so the further you get into the game, you can kind of retrace your steps and uncover more and get more. And so those games, I adore those games. Those are great. I mean, for somebody who likes that kind of slow building progression, those games are perfect. Hollow Knight is a roguelite, or sorry, not roguelite, is a Metroidvania. Um, Slay the Spire was a, is what I was thinking. Ah, Slay it's the Spire a, is a great one. It's a deck building yeah. roguelite, which that's, it's just the roguelite uses cards for attacks, yeah. defends, and yada. Yeah. It's, so. yeah, that's a that's a good call it, Jack. Just, just some kind of uh, terminologies that are good, that are real popular nowadays, I think, yeah. uh, to cover. So, is this just game recommendations? Yeah. Or and if you find that you are recommending a game that's a certain genre that you feel like needs to clarify, you can clarify in the moment. But yeah, I mean, if you're into fast-paced shooters, Call of Duty's obviously go-to. I don't know if I'd really. Where recommend... would you say to start with Call of Duty? Like to start? Yeah. Like what game would you pick up? If Easily you... accessible that you just buy now. If you want the multiplayer experience, obviously, Call of Duty Vanguard or the just newest it. one, or even. If you know, Warzone, if you have a modern console, Warzone's free download. It's a big one, but it's a free download. Oh, it's a big one. Oh, it's a big one. It's 100 gigs. <laughs> memory, PS2 memory cards were 8 megabytes. God, it seems so weird. And how quickly the games were like, yeah, we're now... Anyways, um, if you're looking for campaigns, uh, they've remastered the first Modern Warfare's campaign. I would that's, recommend that's, starting there. That's a really good a really campaign. Good it's just really good story, good characters. Yep. And then Modern Warfare 2 yep. also had a remastered campaign. That's another great one as well. Uh, um, I mean, in that Call of Duty vein, uh, World at War and is amazing. I mean, honestly, or Xbox I guess, yeah, so a lot of the... Or even PC. A lot of the PlayStation 3 generation games are awesome. World at War, first Black Ops. Though, I mean, people, Call of Duty is so big. Call of Duty is, you know, so big now, but like, like I said, listen to our Modern Warfare episode. I mean, Call of Duty is pretty awesome. Yes, it's so popular and it's easy to kind of meme on. And people will be like, oh, man, those teenagers getting mad yeah. at their Call of Duty video Dude, games. I will, but <laughs> I will say I've, I've heard some good things about the Vanguard campaign. Mm. Like, I've seen a few things I've that it's short but good. make me very interested in playing it. Mm. So, um, another game I'd, I'd recommend, Slay the Spire. I think that's a really great game. Where can you find it? You can find it on PC. You can find it also on PS4. Uh, I believe it's also on Switch, and it's on mobile. Uh, very positive. Slay the Spire does not require you to control a camera or to move your character. It's it's literally just you learn uh, a character's card sets and just about how the progression of the game works, and you just keep going. I'm telling you, like I lose all the time, but when I win, I'm like, yes! Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I get I get excited. Slay the um, Spire is really cool. Very easy to jump into. It's very easy to understand what's happening. And you can pick it up, put it down at any time. There's no time pressure in that yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, I know you're probably gonna say something like Minecraft, but uh, yeah, uh, Minecraft was one I'd always recommend. But I was thinking of another one in a yeah. similar vein. Who'd recommend it? 
Oh, I can't believe we didn't think of this one. I think a quintessential great game. Wolfenstein 3D. I mean, if you want to go back that far. uh, A quintessential great game, I think, that teaches you camera. Teaches you got has a good story, good progression. Jack and Daxter. Yeah, and the uh, remastered trilogy. The on Jack, all yeah. So PSN consoles. I think on all the modern consoles, you can get the Jack and Daxter collection, which comes with the first one, the second one, third one, and a racing game. Yeah, which is it's the fun first for a racing game. The first three games, I highly recommend. I mean, those games are so good at, especially the first one. You know, really good at just teaching you. I mean, Ellie can movement. play it and camera in a very low stakes environment but then also challenging you you know there's certain moments where you have to collect the power up and be fast enough to open a door with the power some you of have. those boss battles in there are kind of challenging and so that's a good one especially if you're looking for a little bit of an older game it's very like direct and good at what it does and then moving on this is the same studio but i mean i would even recommend uncharted uncharted is great game a game again you can put on an easier difficulty. Oh yeah, Uncharted on Easy is so much fun because it makes it very movie like. Yeah. But also it's a very interactive fun game. I would highly recommend those just because both Jack and Daxter and Uncharted, I mean, great stories. Uncharted is basically think of Indiana Jones cross it <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> think of Indiana Jones. <laughs> Not his strange brother, Indiana Jones. Hey, it's me, Indiana Jones. Hey, Indiana Jones, Jones here. Indiana Jones here. Uh, yeah, so think about like Indiana Jones crossed with <laughs> Tomb Raider. Uh, I mean, it's, so it's treasure-seeking, blockbuster explosions. I mean, Uncharted is a fantastic series. Oh, it's really good. Uh, <clears throat> and then if you mean, if you're the type of person, you're like, man, Jack Naxer, kid game. No. Baby. Uncharted. Baby. I don't like Hollywood blockbuster movies. Okay, well, the same studio then again has the series Last of Us. I know that, you know, some people hear that and be like, why are you recommending new players to play Last of Us? I honestly think that Last of Us can teach you a lot, especially if you play it on the easier difficulty and you want an engaging story. If you want something that's going to make you compel you to keep going, Last of Us is great. I mean, that story you want to know and it's pretty heavy. I mean, I remember like, I think you and I beat it in two or three sessions, in like six hours, like sessions each. Yeah. You know, it was, that was such a great game. I mean, still stands up to this day. So that's on PS3 and PS4. So, and PS4 Pro and whatever. If you buy a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation, I believe it's just PlayStation 5, and you get the uh, PlayStation Plus, which is required to play online. They unlock a game collection for you. And Last of Us Remastered is one of those games. Really? Yeah. They hmm. can get for free. Very fun. I believe you would have to buy it if you got a PlayStation 4, though. If you're looking for... Uh, I mean, we didn't really... We've covered this before, but real-time strategy games. Age of Empires, great one. That's a really... Age of Empires 2 is so much fun. The campaign in that... I haven't played all the way through myself, but like it is a fun way to learn the game. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Same with like StarCraft. StarCraft is a great story. Oh, yeah. Um, and with both Age of Empires and um, StarCraft, I'd like to say that, again, you can kind of skip the controller aspect of it because it's mouse and keyboard. And since it's from a top-down perspective, it's much easier to wrap your mind around Yeah, what's you going just on. move the mouse and the mouse moves the... And you're panning the camera and you're yeah. clicking on buildings to build units. I mean... What's cool about those games, though, is that the more you learn about them, the more you can start using a keyboard for shortcuts. Or you can, but like if you're playing the story, 
you could not worry about any of that. Oh yeah. So just hold down shift, build houses. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, any other recommendations? You know, I probably do have more, but I can't think about it right now. So if I do think of any more, uh, it'll be on the Rackenter Collection Discord. So, and you get to that by going on the Patreon. Oh. Jack, what are we at for time? Try we're about an hour and five minutes almost. Okay. About 10 seconds away, so. About 10 seconds away here. And so, by- <laughs> I'm just going here and I'm looking through my Steam? Steam library, seeing if I can recommend. Yeah, give it, give us some rapid-fire suggestions, just the game and its genre. You know, I think this one might be a little harder to find. I believe you probably could find it, maybe you could say this, I think you can get it on PlayStation 4, but the first Portal game... Um, Portal's a great one. And the reason I recommend Portal, so it's a you know first-person game, and takes place in a really kind of cool setting, but... I think what's so cool about that is it really starts to test your limits for the way you perceive space in video games. And so if you feel like you really kind of want to break your brain a little bit and start playing with some portals, especially if you're just kind of like coming into this whole new world, um, highly recommend. Again, Jack brought it up earlier about the Metal Slug games, which you can get on PS2. I believe you can get them on PlayStation, you know, probably three and four and five. Um, but the... Metal Slug games are amazing. 2D games, again, you can kind of skip the controller aspect of that because you're just moving it's just your left to right, left to right. X to jump, square to shoot. And they're very arcadey. And you, so you can set it to where you can keep dying and keep coming back. And and so like those types of games I think are very good. Also, very fun to play with friends. Yeah, very fun local co-op games for sure. Uh, you have fighting games, which I don't think you are really into, but Soul Calibur uh, yeah. I think is a great... Any Soul Calibur is fun to jump into and play. Just... And no real story. It's just yeah. fun to kind of play around. If you got like 20 bucks, I think it's worth picking up. And those are good for getting your feet wet with controllers as well because especially playing with a group of friends, you can really start experimenting, getting used to the buttons because those games are so button dependent that you really oh, start yeah. to realize, hey, triangle does this move specifically or if I'm moving and hit triangle or... And then, of course, you can get insane and go past beyond any skill level Jack and I ever had because... We were, in quotes, good at Soul yeah, Calibur. It's like we, we were good locally, I will say but, that. I think uh, locally, we were good. Yeah. Other other than that, no. No. Nah. I knew like three combos with, uh, what, Astrid? And that was it. Astrid. Was that his name? The Big Axe guy. No. Oh, what was his name? Not, not Astro. No, but it was something like that. Necrid is... I'm combining Necrid. Necrid was the guy in Soul Calibur 2. Which I loved Necrid. He was cool. He was really cool. cool. I don't think they ever quite as, got as good as Soul Calibur 2, to be honest with you. Soul Calibur 4 was fun. I don't know. Soul Calibur 2 has the whole little story mission with the squares and you, yeah, you can yep, buy stuff that, and buy different weapons. I mean, that was awesome. That was a fun one for sure. Yeah. Um, Soul Calibur 3 was weird because it was locked on PlayStation 2 and then you had it was, had like a super customizable like character customizer and stuff. Do you remember that? That was the first time they split uh, Siegfried and Nightmare apart. Yeah, the character customization in Soul Calibur is awesome. Really cool. Or makes stupid. Some, makes some who really, you are. Make some really funny characters in that game. Oh, gosh. Jack. And the dryer's really. It sounds like there's. Clunking around. Someone's stuck in the dryer. Help me. <laughs> well, Jack, that's about all I have, I think, for this episode of getting into gaming. 
you know get into gaming i feel like we said relatively little and i think overall you know but just because there's so much to talk about within gaming but overall i mean if you want to get into gaming like if you've heard us talk about it or if you hear your son or daughter talk about it you want to get into it i mean your what will hold you back is the time commitment to learning the controller or yeah learning just how to move or and so don't be disheartened by that because that doesn't mean you're bad. It's very easy to like watch, you know, l- l- anybody, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your son, daughter, your parent. And be like, to play I don't this know what's game going on here. And to and watch them like play it easily. And you're like, wow, it looks really fun. And then you pick up the controller and you cannot do anything they can do. That does not mean you're bad. It does not. Yeah, I will say, I think, you know, gaming, especially nowadays, it is so much fun to do with people. And it's such a fun way to just connect and engage with other people as well. Because, like, especially if you're doing local co-op or even just playing online with people, it's a it's a really fun way to just keep in contact with friends uh, yeah. and just hang out. I mean, you know, that's one of the few ways I actually do. I'm actually able to hang out with friends and talk to them and catch up with them is if they were on a live stream or playing a game together, you know. Yeah. So uh, I would just recommend it for that purpose as well. It's, it is very social, you know. Just mute everyone if you're playing in a public lobby and none of them are your friends. Because you will hear some horrible, it's horrible just, things. You know, I and I know we're, we'll wrap it up here, Jack, but... Yes, please. You know, I... I'm just kidding. I, I, I think a big reason why I wanted to do this episode is because there's so many cool games out there, you know? It makes me sad that something like Shadow of the Colossus is locked behind games because Shadow of the Colossus is an awesome game. I mean, it makes me sad that, like, Modern Warfare 4. That story is awesome. And like you know how dope of a movie that would make. Right. But it wouldn't quite be the same, right? Because yeah, like the fact that you're in there, I mean, the fact that like when you have to do the the Gilly mission, right? I mean, like the fact that it's you creeping through. I mean, that games are so cool because since you're an active participant in the story, you really it, the, when they suck you in, they suck you in. It feels and, like you're an actor almost. You know. It's really good. I mean, it and that can extend to anything. I mean, I know people who play, I mean, one of my favorite YouTubers, Sips, has some amazing Skyrim playthroughs where he like is kind of role-playing and kind of joking the entire time. But most of the time he's just role-playing and he'll be like talking to his companions like they can actually understand him. And even when they do their dumb Skyrim logic things and he just gets frustrated with them or he's like looking through the things and he's like, oh, this would look really good in my house. And you're like, yeah, and it makes you want to do it because you're like, that sounds so cool. But I don't yeah. play Skyrim like that. No, yeah, you or know? like you have this guy watched Germa. He did this stream of this uh, poker game because they're like poker games you can play. Oh yeah, and he played. He started making this character called Mister Green, who's like <laughs> this greedy guy who's like doing like hundred thousand dollar bets on blackjack. <laughs> and he was like, Mister Green, hundred thousand dollar blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know about this because he gets like a, you know, a twelve, and it's like you want to hit or stay. He's like, oh, I don't know, honey. I don't know, he like hits the table. I gotta stand up for a second. He's like, oh, that's a hit. He's like, no, I wasn't hanging on. I was just, <laughs> I was just adjusting my seat. I don't know. But yeah, there's so many. It's really good. You know, the way people can, you can create your own stories within games that yeah. don't have stories. I think that's one of the coolest things yeah, about there's, it too. There's just so many like cool things. I mean, like cool stories like Dark Souls. I mean, Jack and Daxter we brought up. I mean, it's an awesome story. I mean, like Last of Us. I mean, geez. The Gritty Grinner. I think my last was part two. Insurance. Anyways, it's all your fault for everyone out there. The last was quote. Thank you for listening.
I mean, it's a it's a quote in like mini games, but like it's a, it's is. a specific instance, and Jack, it's a really sad. Anyways, Charlie, do you have anything else to add before I wrap us up here? Charlie, no, I do not. I do not have anything for me to add before I let you wrap us up here. Everyone, if you loved this episode, <laughs> I really botched that. You can find the Racketeer Collection, as we mentioned at the top, on Spotify, Spotify YouTube, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, all those places, all those places. If you listen to this and you're like, wow, these boys, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> these boys. These boys are geniuses. And how do I support them? How can I throw my multitudes of cash because I'm a rich millionaire and I want to throw them ca- uh, throw money at them? Well, rich millionaires, we have a Patreon. Right now, the Patreon is mostly just financial support. Um, but we're kind of planning to you know, shift some things around. Oh, yeah, uh, for brother. me, a lot of the Patreon is, you know, I think once the Patreon engine gets going a little more, it'll be much easier to do things like, hey, if we reach this goal, we can do this. With s- such a small little group right now, it's hard to set these goals and be like, hey, everybody who signs up for the $5 can submit a question. We're just so small that like, y- even if you don't follow us, you could submit a question and we would answer it. I mean, you yeah, know. for sure. So, for sure. I have been Charlie. And I have been Jack. And thank you so much for listening to the Rack and Tour Collection. Getting into gaming. Getting into gaming. <laughs> I don't know. Let's call it that, I guess. Welcome to Getting into, into gaming. gaming. Today's contestants, a 40-year-old man from Wisconsin. Everyone, we'll talk to you next. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good one. All right, talk to you next week. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> Do 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 do